This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to MQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now to preview the upcoming college football season is Kelly Ford from thelines.com. Make sure to follow him on the X at K Ford Ratings. So we heard from LSU head coach Brian Kelly uh, pertaining to a little brouhaha that broke out at LSU practice this week. So let's start with LSU. What is your outlook on the Tigers? Do you feel like uh, they have a legit chance to repeat as SEC West champions and maybe do even more this year? Yeah, Ed, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. For LSU in particular, I'm looking uh, at about nine and a half wins on average for this team with a 52% chance to win 10 plus games. So they are not my favorite in the SEC West. I actually have Alabama as the favorite, even though LSU did get the better of the tide last year in what was a great game. Uh, Alabama with a 65% chance to make the conference championship game, LSU with a 31% chance. So I have LSU right there as the second favorite in the West. They're only going to be underdogs by my numbers in one game, and that is the game at Alabama coming off a bye for both teams in week 10. My numbers currently like Alabama and that one by about eight and a half. But other than that, I've got LSU favored across the board. There are two uh, other games to watch right out of the gate. Week one, it's a neutral side against Florida State, uh, but it's in Orlando. So it's in Florida State's backyard this year. I like LSU in that one by about three and a half points. And then also week five, they have to make a trip to Ole Miss. My numbers right now like LSU by about six in that game. So Florida State in week one, Ole Miss in week five, and Alabama in week 10, all of those away from Death Valley. I think that's the key for LSU this year if they want to get back to Atlanta. Uh, Kelly, I think the uh, conferences are still a thing, so we can uh, bet on conference winners. <laughs> if you're looking at the various conferences, and which one jumps out as the most wide open, according to your numbers, where it's not going to come down to two teams maybe it's you know maybe four or five different teams could enter the conversation at some point so for me and for looking at power five conferences since that's still a term mm -hmm. at least for 2023 i'm most intrigued <laughs> by the pac-12 uh i've got usc as as the favorite there projecting about seven and a half conference wins which leads to a 69 percent chance to make the conference championship game but just after USC, I mean, all it takes is, you know, one upset and they get pulled right back to the pack here where I have Oregon, Utah and Washington all sitting there with between a 27 and a 42 percent chance to make that conference championship game. And then another half step back, you've got Oregon State and UCLA just waiting, both with pretty advantageous schedules. If they can find a way to pull off an upset or two, they're going to be right in the mix. So right there. I just named six teams out of what's going to be the last year of the Pac-12 conference, which, um, of course, is saddening for many college football fans, including me. But I think the Pac-12 is going to go out with a bang. What they've done over the last, you know, almost decade has been they cannibalize each other and they, no one makes the CFP. That could very well happen again this year. But of all the Power Five races, I am very much looking forward to the Pac-12 with USC as my favorite, Oregon, Utah, and Washington just right there behind, and then Oregon State and UCLA ready to pounce if things break their way. Okay, so I was going to ask you about the Pac-12 and the 
odds to win the conference are pretty tight too. So I can see your point there with it being wide open. In terms of win totals, what are you expecting from Oregon? Nine and a half is the second highest win total. Obviously, USC has 10. So with Oregon, uh, nine and a half is where the line is. You say, I'm projecting 9.3 wins on average for the team this year. Um, I only have a 44% chance that Oregon reaches 10 or more wins. So I guess at nine and a half, I, I'd probably lean the under there just very, very slightly. Um, USC, you mentioned, is at 10. I'm projecting 9.9 .9 wins. Um, a 66% chance to reach 10 plus with a 33% chance to reach 11 plus. So 33% chance on the over there with another 33% chance to push that one, uh, according to my numbers right now. So many people have Georgia as an absolute lock to make the playoff. And you approach the whole Georgia thing uh, in a really creative way where on the one hand, yes, Georgia has a really, really good football team. But on the other hand, they also have a really easy schedule, at least in SEC terms. How much of Georgia being a quote-unquote lock to making the playoff is about being good and how much of it is about having an easier strength of schedule? Yeah, and this has been such a topic this, this summer with fans both of Georgia and fans of rival teams as well because they see it very differently. As someone who's trying to come at it objectively, there, there are points to be made on both sides. So you said they're an overwhelming favorite, and they are. Georgia, for me, a 90% chance to win the SEC East and make it to Atlanta. Georgia also tops my list of CFP contenders, a 68% chance to make the CFP again this year and go for that three-peat, which we haven't seen since the 1930s, of course. Georgia, though, they are my number one team. They are the most highly power-rated team in my data set. All 133 FPS teams are in there. To your point, they also have an easy schedule. Their schedule right now, according to my preseason numbers, grades out as the 54th most difficult schedule of any FBS team. So they are in the bottom 15 of schedule difficulty for power five teams. So there are 15 power five teams out there who have an easier schedule by my numbers than Georgia. And the way I do it, Ed, as you mentioned in an interesting way, I'm looking at every single team schedule and I view it through the lens of the average FBS team. So basically how many games on average would the average FBS team be expected to win against any given team schedule? Florida comes out for me as the most difficult. The average FBS team would be expected to win about 7.7 .7 games against Florida's schedule. If you look at Georgia, the average FBS team is expected to win about 9.4 games against their schedule. So the average FBS team would win about a game and a half, almost two games more against Georgia's schedule than they would against Florida's. But we have to remember one key difference between Florida and Georgia in particular, Florida has to play Georgia, the best team in the country by my numbers. Georgia, of course, cannot play itself. So that has to be kept in mind. Also, we have to remember that Georgia was supposed to play Oklahoma in the non-conference this year. Of course, that home and home got scrapped because the return game would have fallen in 2024 when Oklahoma actually is going to be a member of the SEC. So that's all important context to remember as we're considering Georgia and their schedule this year. But the fact of the matter is their non-conference is comprised of UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and um, Georgia Tech. So as much as I love the Georgia Tech game, because that's a big rivalry, none of those teams are going to threaten Georgia. Their most difficult game by my numbers is a trip to Tennessee in week 12. My numbers currently like Georgia in that one by about 11 points. Uh, Kelly, let's hit on the Big Ten. Uh, no surprise, Michigan, Ohio State at the top of the board. 
each plus 180 to win the division. Uh, a lot of bet- bettors take a look at the West and try to figure out which team is going to break through this season in the bad division. Uh, Wisconsin's been very buzzy. They're plus 850. Uh, but did I see this correctly? Did did one of your simulations have Minnesota making the playoff? So- so, yes, Joe, let me be clear about the simulations. What I thought was really interesting, I had one of my Twitter – or one of my ex-followers, excuse me, i got to get used to that. One of my ex-followers uh, DM me and said, hey, man, I love what you do. I'm always on your website. It's so much fun. I play around with your numbers. I actually simulated the entire season using your – I have win probabilities for every single game out there that every FBS team is going to play. You know, so I just used a random number generator, very simple, but plugged it into a spreadsheet, simulated the whole season. He did it three times. And then at the end of the season, simulated a hypothetical conference championship game and then a CFP and New Year's Six Bowls, all of that. So it wasn't my simulation that did this, but okay. I did read most about it because I thought it was very cool. Based on the numbers I have, there was one simulation out of the three that had Minnesota actually making it to the CFP as the representative from the Big Ten. I think they slotted in as the four, uh, the four seed in the simulation. I will say by my numbers right now, that's unlikely – I have it as uh, just a, a 2% chance that Minnesota wins 10-plus games, which is probably what they need to do just to make the Big Ten championship, although in the West, Joe, as you mentioned, maybe not. Um, so it is unlikely, but that's how these simulations work. You do get wonky results from time to time. I think Alabama won one of them, the CFP, and Georgia won the other two, so the ultimate winner is our favorites that you'd expect. But in terms of the Big Ten this year, it is the final year of divisions. Um, the West is wide open. My numbers do like Wisconsin, so I, you said they're getting some buzz out there. Listen, Wisconsin is a tricky team to nail down in any given year, especially this year. There is so much turnover at Wisconsin, not just in the, in, on the, the, the field for the, with the players, but the coaching staff, too. I mean, they're changing their style of play. It's a whole new approach. I've tried to account for that the best I can here in the preseason. When the numbers spit out on the other end, I have a 47% chance that Wisconsin wins the West. They are the best team in the West for me, power rated number 19 coming into the year. Iowa, actually, despite uh, the offensive woes that they've experienced, is my number two team in the West, power rated number 26, projecting as one of, if not the best defense in the entire country. They have a 30% chance to make uh, the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis. If we flip it over to the East, you said the odds are even or equal for Ohio State and Michigan, and I'm not going to fault anybody who has Michigan up there with Ohio State or above Ohio State. The last two years, Michigan has beaten Ohio State, Michigan has won the Big Ten, and Michigan has made the CFP. The Big Ten, from a results standpoint, is Michigan's. Michigan owns the Big Ten in recent memory. In the preseason, what I'm doing, though, is looking forward, using power ratings to try to project. And at the end of the day, as much as I, I like Michigan in my system, they're, they're the number four power rated team for me right now, projecting 10.3 wins, have them as favorites in every single game, except for one. And it's the final game of the year. It's the game. They're hosting Ohio State. And even with the home field advantage, my numbers still like Ohio State in that game by about a field goal. I've got 10.9 expected wins for Ohio State, a 69% chance to win 11-plus games, a 27% chance for the Buckeyes to go undefeated. Ohio State is number two for me um, in terms of projected chance to make the big or the uh, college football playoff, a 53% chance that Ohio State makes it there at the end of the year by my name. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wow. 
Awesome stuff. Big 12, uh, Texas, even money to win the conference. I'm thinking I should just bet that. I see you have Texas uh, ranked six overall in your power ratings. Their win total, nine and a half. What does your model say? Texas is the team, Aaron. I got to say, all of last year gave me the most headaches on what was then Twitter, now X. I, I, people hated it. Texas is an easy team to hate already. They're very polarizing if you're not a Texas fan. <laughs> but my power rating, despite the 8-4 mm -hmm. record in the regular season and 8-5 and five to end the year, my numbers still really like Texas. They finished last year power rated number seven. So there's reasons for that. Uh, I won't get into it right now. It'll probably take too much time than we have allotted. But yes, coming into this year, they are power rated number six. I do have them as the favorite in the Big 12. I, I know every single year we say Texas is back, Texas is back. Well, I'm buying it this year. Uh, I, my numbers do suggest Texas is back. I have Texas favored in every single game they're playing except for a week two trip to Tuscaloosa. They got to go on the road and play Alabama. A return game for what was really good last year in 2022. My numbers like Alabama in that one by about nine and a half points. But to win the Big 12, I can see it. I got a 72% chance that Texas makes it to Arlington. Once we're there, of course, we'll see what happens. Anything can happen in one game. Um, but that 72% chance is significantly better than any other team. I've got Oklahoma at number two at 48%. Uh, and I get it. Texas, Oklahoma at the top. I, I know. I'm telling you, Kelly Ford, the person, does not expect both Texas and Oklahoma to be in Arlington this year. But K Ford ratings, the model favors those two to be there uh, because the next best team after that, the team with the next best odds, is Kansas State with a 20% chance by, by my numbers to make it to Arlington. So Texas is the favorite. You could call them the overwhelming favorite. Uh, I do expect them to be in Arlington and then to be favored in that game against whoever they're playing. Got about 90 seconds left here, Kelly. So some folks may be uh, sort of proposing this idea of, okay, who is this year's TCU to make it to the national championship? Well, that assumes that there is a TCU to make it to uh, the college football playoff and maybe beyond that. Uh, you know, chances are in college football, it gets really chalky. But if it isn't a chalky season, what is one team that maybe you haven't brought up that could very well make a deep run and make it to the playoff and maybe the national championship game? TCU was an extraordinary story last year. It's very hard to project something like that, of course. So given the context of that, I'm going to go, maybe it's not the same level of Cinderella that TCU was, but Oregon State and North Carolina. Those are two teams for me that are a bit off the radar, and I'm not suggesting they're favorites to make a CFP or even to win their conference championship. I'm, I'm, they're not. But they both have the potential at quarterback with Drake May, a proven commodity at North Carolina, and then DJU. Can he recover some of that form that he showed in 2020? He's a former five-star. Can he live up to that status? If he does, I've already talked about Oregon's schedule maybe being advantageous. Those are two teams that are not getting the love nationally that many CFP contenders are, and I'm not suggesting they should. I'm saying these are two teams that might be surprises. I currently have Oregon State with a 4% chance to make the CFP. North Carolina right there, 3.8%, so 4% as well. So they're off the radar, but they are just barely on the fringes there as maybe let's consider them uh, as, as dark horses this year. Good stuff. Very good. Uh, do you have, uh, yeah, about 10 seconds left. Uh, any Heisman guys uh, who stand out to you? Uh, Caleb Williams, he's the favorite. There's, there's a reason for that, but we've only had one re repeat winner. Um, Kate Klubnick is one that I mm -hmm. think is interesting. I expect Clemson to bounce back this year. They're one of my favorites in the ACC and to make the CFP. When you're playing quarterback for a team that's going to be favored in every game they play, uh, you've got to be on the Heisman list in my, in my eyes. 
Couldn't agree with you more there. Kelly Ford from thelions.com and on X frequently at K Ford Ratings. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we revisit the biggest story in the industry. Barstool is out. ESPN Bet is in. Adam Candy from Legal Sports Report and our BetQL Network will join us. Can it work? And what does it mean for the industry? That's right here on the BetQL Network.